What's up, guys? Strength Talking Shop Podcast. Uh, this week's guest is Wayne Adams of Catawba College. Uh, this is a great episode. I uh, hope everybody's doing well. Uh, sit down, write some notes. Um, Coach Adams gives a lot of good, great information here. Uh, he's the director of sports performance there at Catawba College. So give it a listen, guys. Give it a rate and a review and share it. Um, and thank you and stay strong. What's up, guys? Strength Talking Shop Podcast. My guest today is Wayne Adams of Catawba College. Wayne, how we doing, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Hey, no problem. Uh, you've been somebody I've wanted to have on here uh, since I started the podcast. Um, I know we've interacted a few times on social media, and uh, you, you know, great resource. Um, I know we talked a little bit before the podcast started, but top-notch infographics that uh, are are great, and you know, I think you're a good resource for other coaches. So. Um, I appreciate you coming on, Wayne. I appreciate the kind words. Thanks, man. Hey, no problem. All right, let's go ahead and dive in uh, just to get you know that nice Cliff Notes background on, on your, your journey to where you're at now um, and how you got there. All right, yeah. So, uh, well, I, like, I feel like most strength coaches, um, I grew up playing a, a lot of sports. I uh, played a little bit of everything, um, kind of settled on wrestling um as i was getting older um i just kind of stopped growing so wrestling was a was great um you know i was always one of the lighter guys on the team um and then uh yeah i just kind of fell in love with the sport and uh you know i pretty much anyone i meet i always identify myself as a wrestler um because the sports has kind of given me so much um, from there, uh, you know, went to college at James Madison, did a little bit of wrestling there, um, as well. Um, I went in as a, as a stats major, uh, quickly found out that I did not want to do that. I liked, uh, working out and stuff like that. So changed my major to kinesiology, um, and did an internship with strength and conditioning on Greg Werner there and, uh, kind of fell in love. Uh, it was it was perfectly exactly what I wanted to do. I knew it from the uh, you know the first day of the internship. Um, and I was fortunate to be under Greg Werner. He got me hooked up with Ethan Reeves at uh, Wake Forest. As soon as I graduated JMU, I went to Wake Forest for about eighteen months and volunteered. Did an internship volunteer there. From there, I moved back home for me, which is Richmond, Virginia. Um, working with Richmond football uh, with Chris Stewart and Jeff Appel there. Um, I was there for a short amount of time. And then I got a GM position at Moorhead State University. Uh, did my time there. Uh, graduated with a master's degree. And from there, I was very fortunate to get a full-time job at Sacred Heart University um, up in Connecticut. Uh, I was there for four years. And Last May, May 2018, I uh, was fortunate enough to become the director of sports performance at Catawba College, which is where I'm at now. Love the journey, Coach. Uh, it's good stuff right there. To kind of backtrack a little bit on the wrestling background, that's that's interesting to find out. Um, I, I wrestled a little bit in high school, and I'll tell you the reason why I did it was I wanted to be a WWE superstar like Ric Flair and the John Cena's and everything. And I quickly re- learned 
but that is not the exact same thing as uh, high school wrestling, and I got a rude awakening on the first day. It's really funny because, uh, you know, I, that's that was my impression when I first started wrestling as well. I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, this is going to be awesome. I was, I was huge into Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought as well. And, uh, found out that that wasn't it. Um, actually, two of my high school um, teammates are in the WWE and the WWE system now, though. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> So that's pretty interesting. But, uh, yeah, I feel like a lot of people start wrestling because of that. <laughs> that's true, man. That's true. I I love – I still watch it to this day. I don't care. I'll, I'm 13 years old. I'll, I'm, a, I'm not afraid to admit it. I'll still watch WWE every once in a while. It's good stuff. So, oh, yeah. Uh, kind of – you know, you mentioned a few names in there um, on your journey on people who uh, interacted with you. Who's some people that influenced you on your journey uh, to where you're at now? My goodness, man! I got a I got a long list. I I did a lot of moving around, a lot of internships. Um, but uh, I'll I'll go through them. Um, Christy, um, I first started with him at Moorhead State. Uh, he was there for my first year. Um, he left in the summer, and I had a semester to finish up. And then uh, he was at Sacred Heart, and he uh, he gave me my first real opportunity. Uh, a, a great guy, a good friend of mine now. Um, but yeah. Chris V, uh, Ethan Reeves, uh, formerly at Wake Forest. I uh, worked with him at Wake Forest. He's at UT Chattanooga now. Greg Werner uh, at JMU. He kind of got me started in it. Uh, he's with Virginia Tech Women's Basketball now. Matt Rhodes at Moorhead State University. Um, I spent a semester with him. Uh, great friend, great guy. Uh, just keep in touch with him as much as I possibly can. Wealth of knowledge. Uh, Chris Stewart, uh, formerly of the University of Richmond. He's now uh, University of Delaware. And Callie Williams, uh, who was at JMU. Um, she was the uh, senior student when I was there. She's now the director of Olympics at uh, South Alabama. Jeff Appel, who was an assistant at Richmond. He's now at uh, Fort Union Military Academy in Virginia. And the list goes on. I, I feel bad if I missed anybody, but... Yeah, there's just so many people that I had an opportunity to work with. And that's that's good stuff right there. Um, it, it's always good to look back and see um, back in your programs or everything like that, and to have those connections and coaches that you can call back, like Rhodes. Um, you know, people like that that can help you with maybe something you're dealing with now and stuff like that. So that's always great to kind of have. Um, all of them are. They probably get annoyed with me because I'm constantly asking them questions and, and advice and trying to get them to look over programs and stuff like that. So. I mean, to me, that's Great. how that's how I've learned the most is asking other coaches, what do you think and what are you guys doing over there? And, uh, you know, maybe I could take a little bit of what you're doing and try it over here. Oh, absolutely. It's the best way for sure. Yeah. Um, let's kind of dive in a little bit on the day-to-days there. Um, what's your operations look like, you know, in the fall time and the spring time when you guys are rocking and rolling in the summer and stuff like that, what's it kind of look like, um, you know, group wise, uh, programming wise, what's the ideology of everything? What's the philosophy and stuff and, you know, how you balance all that? Okay. So, uh, start off, uh, day to day for, for me and for our staff here, uh, we have to be efficient, um, we got a small staff, uh, 
myself, and I, I'm very fortunate at the Division Two level to have a full-time assistant uh, with me, Ben McConnell. He does a great job. Um, he's a huge help for me. And then we have uh, two part-time uh, assistant positions, which are paid pretty pretty terribly. Um, but it's a small staff, and we have 21 varsity sports, and we're also charged with working with some developmental teams, which is essentially like a JV team. Wow. Uh, so all in all, we have 24 programs that we're working with. And, yeah, we, we have to be very efficient, um, very organized um, in how we're going to do things, how we're going to get the weight room to flow from group to group within the group. Um, we don't have a very big space we're working with either. So programming is uh, – it can be difficult. Uh, just have to be a little creative with it. Um, yeah, there's uh, there's obstacles. There's obstacles everywhere, but we definitely have them. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're really we really try to be efficient um, in the fall for us. Uh, you know, football's going. Uh, we have about 120 guys on the football team, and we have a 2,400 square foot weight room, uh, and so not a lot of room for people to be moving around we break it up into three groups um when we can sometimes we can only get two so you can imagine you know 60 65 guys in a small weight room uh it's it's tough and then talking about all the all the other sports as well um the, the scheduling of it is probably the most difficult most stressful thing uh once we get it scheduled and the teams have time slots it's, it's much more uh, it's easier to manage um, as long as our staff is talking with one another. Um, but we're we're pretty much rolling all day long. Uh, you know, we're a really small school, so class schedules are difficult. Um, everyone is in class from nine a.m. to two p.m. Mm. There are no team lifts going on between nine a.m. PM. Wow. Uh, we do have open hours for people that can't make their lift time, uh, which happens a lot as well. But from nine to two, it's just not much team-wise going on. Um, so we've really tried to use that time to do some staff development, maybe get a staff lift in, uh, do our meetings, whatever things that we can do with the coaches who are also kind of just sitting around waiting for their student-athletes to get out of class. I, I want to highlight something there real quick that you were talking about that's really interesting. You just talked about it, is you guys going out and talking with the sport coaches. Talk to me a little bit more about the, you know, just getting that relationship with the sport coaches during that time, how crucial that is for you as a staff and, and them as, as a program too as well. Oh, man, uh, it, it's everything. I mean, we're – when it comes to you know what we're doing, if we don't have buy-in, we're we're not going to be very efficient at what we do, mm-hmm. and that's buy-in from the student athletes and buy-in from the coaches. If the coach isn't bought in, the athletes are going to see that, and they're not going to be bought in either. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, kind of winning over the coach and uh, just having that open line of communication with them is extremely important for us. Uh, this last year was was our all of our first year here, so. 
it was probably even more important to just kind of build that base and get to know the coaches, let them know us, un- let them understand what we're trying to do with the programs, with the teams. Um, so it was really important to me. Uh, I actually set a rule for our staff, uh, which I never had to you know, enforce or anything because everyone wants to be on the same page, but you have to talk to every one of your coaches at least once a week face-to-face. That's, that's not a text message, it's not an email. I want, I want you to talk to your coaches face-to-face, and I follow that rule as well. And I really think that helps a lot to get the buy-in, uh, to let them understand what we're doing, and then they feel a little bit better about backing us uh, when it comes time to for the student-athletes. The student-athletes are going to complain. There's always one. There's always some that are. Um, but if that coach has your back, they really just kind of nip that in the bud, and it doesn't fester on the team. Yeah, I, th- I think that's huge right there, what you just finished with at the end, and that you're having that open communication, not just over an email, not a, not a text message, but actual face-to-face where you can have an actual open conversation with a coach. I think that's missed a lot of the times with the technology that we have nowadays where a coach's office is right down the hall. Uh, you could just go down there instead of sending a text message. I love that you've implemented that with your staff. Um, kind of talk about the communication you have with your staff, maybe some staff development that you guys have done um, and everything like that. You talked a lot about communication and how key that is, you know, being in a small school with a, a small staff with so many athletes. Yeah, we, um, you know, that's something that uh, I kind of pride myself in. I, I think that we really do a good job of the staff development. Uh, we obviously have the time to do it during the day, so that makes it easy, easier. Um, but yeah, we, it's a priority for us. Um, uh, Ben and myself, we're both constantly printing out articles. Um, you know, if I read an article I like, I print out four copies and I put one on everyone's desk. And if that article is on your desk, you know, we're going to talk about it during our next staff meeting. So we read them and we talk about them. Uh, something else that we've done, uh, and we're going to keep doing it is, Everyone on staff goes through our internship. So whatever we're having our interns read for that week, everyone reads it, and the interns are a part of our staff meetings, and we all talk about, this is the article we read, this is what I took away from it as a director. What did you take away from it as an intern, or you as an assistant? Um, And, you know, that's kind of really sparked some great conversations, Um, and it really, I think it does... I think it keeps me on track and uh, you know, I definitely remember what it's like to be an intern, but there are times where you're not thinking about that. Um, So that's a good way for me to just kind of keep myself grounded. Uh, We're also, you know, we're, we're big on, on our social media. Uh, We really want to try to promote our student athletes. Um, You know, we wouldn't have jobs if it wasn't for them. And there, there's some phenomenal human beings. There's some, phenomenal athletes and we just kind of want to get get them out there and you know promote them um but we also want to promote some some good content and you know if there's something we're talking about in our staff meeting uh we're probably going to create an infographic on it and we're going to put it on our instagram twitter and we're going to talk to our student athletes about it as well so one they're hearing it from us and then two they can see it on social media which will hopefully reinforce whatever we're talking about. 
we ended up doing a lot of stuff on nutrition this past year um, because nutrition in Salisbury, North Carolina uh, is subpar, I would say. So we did a lot, we tried to do a lot of educating on the nutrition aspect for our student athletes. Funny that you say that. When I lived in South Carolina for a little bit, we used to joke on our way into the weight room, there was about four fried chicken places you passed by right before you went in. So it's just like, there's bad weight, there's bad influences all around us. But, uh, one thing that you you kind of talked about there too that I, I kind of hope some other people kind of can listen and highlight from is um, you as a director you're always continuously learning and you're even going to learn from you know some of the interns and listen to what their conversation is and how they see something um, in order for you uh, to help that out with your student athletes because you're putting the athletes stu- uh, athletes number one um, in the communication and stuff like that I think that's huge uh, one of the coaches I, I've known. Um, they were a director and they said, I love to have my interns read because I might not read it the same way they read it and they can explain it to me in a different way. So I think that's awesome and something uh, that you're doing there. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's not a person you meet that you can't learn something from. Yeah. Um, I, I firmly believe that. And uh, like I said, this past year, um, just kind of going through that with our interns, I have – I have learned a lot uh, about myself, about how I'm running my program, kind of what the perception is from someone else. Um, and, you know, I, I get to see other people's point of view as well. Um, and, you know, it's, it just kind of gets lost. You know, I've been, some of these articles are articles that were given to me when I was at JMU from, from Greg Turner. Wow. And when I hear an answer or, you know, they tell me what they're hearing, I don't read it like that anymore, but I remember having that conversation with Greg Werner. So it's just so funny how, you know, your mind kind of forgets the, you know, the situation that you were in, whether you want to or not. So it's good to be reminded. That's awesome. That's good to look back on those times. Speaking of going back into times, like that segue, that was a good segue right there, guys. All right. Hey, what's the, uh, What's but like a pitfall maybe in your career? You know, how did you learn from it um, and grow? Man, I, it might be the answer. Might be my whole career. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I look back. Uh, I look back like two months ago. What was I doing? You yeah. know, look back two years ago. It's what was I doing? So mm-hmm. you know, I think it's important to constantly evolve and learn. Um, and some, some pitfalls. I've, I've had plenty of them. Um, I think the biggest one and the one I always try to talk to our interns about is just being young and arrogant. Um, You know, I I think I was definitely that person. I'm not a very, like, extroverted person. I'm not an in-your-face kind of guy. Um, But, you know, going through my undergrad and and internships, I I, I just, I thought, oh, yeah, I'm going to apply for this job and I'm going to get it. No, that's not how this works. And very rarely do things work out like that. Uh, and just uh, being being young and arrogant and, and thinking that I had everything figured out, um, you know, I quickly found out that I did not. And I uh, kind of had to change my ways. And uh, I, I don't want to say that I wasn't working hard enough. I think I worked very hard. Um, but maybe I learned to work a little bit smarter and uh, uh, maybe – I don't know if it's the best term, but but play the game a little bit more, uh, and you know, just kind of kind of use your resources to to get you somewhere rather than just 
you have it all figured out. And that was definitely me uh, earlier in my career. I think a lot of coaches, I know myself, uh, can relate a little bit to that story. Um, You know, just the young arrogance that we can sometimes have where we think we've been through an exercise science program or kinesiology program, so we know everything, when in fact we know nothing. I know, I'm sure uh, Rhodes has probably gotten you on about that stuff too, is before he, he uh, first time I ever visited and met with him, that's what the big thing he talked about was, you know, I've got 27 years of experience, you know, you've got three or four, you know, which one are you going to, you know, learn from more and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. Look, I had great mental, and, and, you know, they, they constantly preach that kind of stuff, but, you know, I think when you're uh, a college age, uh, you know, young man, young woman, uh, you just think, okay, I'm going to get my degree and then I'm going to get a job. Yeah. And that's not necessarily how it works. You know, you, you gotta, you gotta do some things behind the scenes, um, to, to really kind of ensure that. Exactly. I, I think that reigns true. And I, th- I hope young coaches and people are listening to this right now. Um, cause that's very, very true. That's good. Good talk right there, coach. I appreciate that. Um, Talk to me a little bit, bit about your uh, under-the-bar experience. How do you learn from your lifting? And you, see, you guys said you guys do staff lifts and stuff like that. Tell me a little bit about that and your own training. Yeah, so um, under-the-bar experience, I, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know how you could be in the, the field if you didn't have it. Um, and there, there's a tons of ways to gain that experience. Um, you know, I was fortunate with my mentors and internships. Every one of them that I was, every internship I had, I was required to do one of the programs that, you know, the football program at Wake Forest or the baseball program when I was at JMU. Um, and man, that was, that gave me some insight onto what the student athletes are going through. You know, as a, as a you know, wrestler or whatever, you, you know what wrestlers might go through, um, but you don't know what going through you don't know what baseball is going through so um that was huge for me um and that's something i try to get our interns to do um time permitting is you know do a block of the football program Mm -hmm. Uh, let's figure out what they're feeling after squat day when you wake up that next day and you know what they're going through um, you know just and you just kind of learn a little bit about yourself and, and you feel good about the experience uh, another big thing that's been huge for me is staff lifts. Um, we had staff lifts when, when I was at Wake Forest with uh, Dave Bass and, and Mark Seaver and, and some of those guys. And uh, it was just such a great atmosphere. And, you know, it, you're still at work, but you can kind of let loose a little bit. You can have a good time. You can talk a little trash and you get to know people better. Uh, so, you know, we really try to have staff lifts um, with ones on the program or not, uh, the same program or not. And then, you know, I think another good way that I was fortunate to get some under-the-bar experiences through competing. Um, I did in uh, Olympic weightlifting a little bit. I'm actually hoping to, to do another meet here soon. I haven't had a uh, haven't had great training going on um, over the past year or so, just trying to get my feet under me, but I'm um, starting to kind of get my training back under me so i really want to compete again it's it's fun it's it kind of keeps you going so uh, 
you know, I think those are probably the best ways I've got some under the bar experience. And uh, man, I, that's just such a, a loaded, loaded topic there. I mean, we could talk about it for forever. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I mean, that's a big conversation. I know that's going on online right now. Is do you have to look the part, or do you have to lift the part? I think you have to, you have to lift the part at least, because you said it exactly. And I know I've had conversations with other coaches about this, and other people might not agree with me on this, but you should understand and run a lift that you're going to do with your athletes before they even do it because I've done it with myself where I'll run through the exercises like you're talking about, and I might find out this flow sucks. Like, we've got to change the flow. Like, this is going to get backed up here. It's all going to get messed up, and then we're going to have a terrible workout. So kind of working those kinks out beforehand. And then two – I think you nailed it on the head when you said we can under- kind of understand what the athletes are going to go through. All right, on Thursday they're probably their hamstrings are probably going to be a little bit, little bit sore, so we'll maybe cut back on the running a little bit that day. So I think that's huge, man. I think that's awesome that you guys look into that information and using it on each other and then let loose. Um, I know you guys said you guys let loose. What's the the top playlist that's going on in the weight room? Because I know you guys got music going. Oh yeah! Oh man! <laughs> Playlist for us. Um, generally, if uh, if I'm lifting, I try to put some rock on, some yeah. some classic rock or, or even some hard rock. Um, I listen to a little bit of everything, so it doesn't really bother me. Uh, throughout the day, there's just so much rap being played that <laughs> when I lift, I want a little bit of a break. Yeah. Not that I don't enjoy it uh, sometimes, but. Yeah, I, I just want some rock. I want something that's going to get me a little more pumped up. So. Yeah, I I think that's true, man. you got to get that pumped up music. And yeah, the rap music after a while, you start realizing you know the words. It's just because they're playing all day. Not that you're really interested in it, but <laughs> what's uh what's some of the best resources for you? Um, you know, if it's a podcast, uh, YouTube, books, who do you follow? Um, you know, kind of stuff like that. Okay, yeah. Um, so books you know i'm huge on reading uh i, I like to read I, I pretty much always have three books going at a time uh, so uh man good resources how to win friends and influence people uh if you haven't read it you, you pretty much have to uh, it's a great book uh, it really gives you um uh, some insight into to how to talk to people and really understand what they're saying um why zebras don't get ulcers. Uh, that's a great book about stress, about how the body uh, copes with stress and, and stress management. Uh, it's really sciencey, uh, so it's not something you're gonna, you know, want to pick up and read all the time. But read a chapter or two. Um, and I really took a lot away from that book. Um, Legacy. I've probably read it three or four times, and I'll probably read it again right before football season starts. Uh, just great resource on building uh, culture. I know that's a kind of a buzzword now these days, but um, our legacy is, is great. And then extreme ownership. I love Jocko Wilnick. Uh, I love everything he does. If you haven't listened to his uh, podcast, that's great too. It's gold. Uh, extreme ownership uh, is also great. There's just there's so much information out there now, especially for our field. It's great. Uh, we didn't have that uh, all the time, so 
just so much. P Nation, Elite FT. Uh, you know, I look through those sites every day to see what's new on there. Uh, man, I, I listen to every podcast I, I can. I have about a 45-minute commute to work each day. Um, and podcasts are, are great for, for my drive in. Yeah, I know. Man. Lot, hey, you, 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 you hit it there. Lots of pockets. I mean, there's a lot to, to, to get from people. Um, you know, I love those long podcasts, the book. I just read <clears throat> Extreme Ownership with Jocko, and um, that's a great book. I think a lot of people should read. I love his um, his video, that, that good, that's on YouTube. It's like maybe oh, yeah. two minutes long. If I'm ever in a, in a funk or... Uh, I'm just not feeling it that morning or that day. I put that on and it's it's game on, buddy. Let's go. Yep. So uh, it's great. That's uh, if you're talking about extreme ownership. If you reading the book is awesome, but there's a, a audible version of it, uh-huh. and Jocko, Lee Fabin do the voice, so they read it for you, and it's a hundred times better than reading it yourself. See, that's what I've heard about um, uh, about David Goggins' book as well. I've read the paper book, but somebody told me they said the audio book's like basically like four podcasts included with yeah. the audio book. Where they they, and I heard that about uh, Jocko's too. Like they go into like storytelling about what they're talking about in the book. It's like man, that's good stuff. Oh yeah, I normally I don't like books on tape. Same. I love podcasts, but I don't like books on tape. I don't know why, yeah. but man, Extreme Ownership was. It was awesome. I, I I just wanted to keep listening to it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Jocko is such a, a great leader. Uh, we talked we talk about culture a little bit there and just some of his, you know, a little bit of his stuff that he has and examples in the book and how you can accomplish those things as a group. I think it's something every coach should, should be listening to. I was talking to with the high school coach last week about it. I think it's something that pretty much every coach or everybody in leadership role should be reading, something like that. So. Yeah. All right, uh, let's get you out of here. We'll get you out on some, some fun questions here real quick. All right, you're, stu- you're stuck on an island. you got three things to take with you. What are you taking? Oh, man. Uh, three things to take with me. Uh, taking, my, taking my girlfriend. <laughs> um, I'm going to probably take the book, Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. I know I'm going to be stressed out. I might as well read it and try to understand what's going on in my body. Um, and, yeah, I don't know, I guess some water. That's pretty lame, but that's all I got. Oh, that's fine. Let's go uh, favorite dessert. Ooh. Man, I'm not a huge sweets guy. That's, uh, so that's going to be a really tough question for uh, me. Hey, right, let's switch it up then. Uh, let's go uh, protein powder, favorite protein powder. Oh, Optimum Nutrition, 100% Whey, Vanilla Ice Cream. Okay, yeah, that's good stuff right there. Uh, I like I like that one. I like the chocolate. That's good stuff. All right, and then you um, you got your choice to be any WWE superstar. Who's it going to be? Ultimate Warrior. All right. I, yeah, you know, I was a huge Hulk Hogan fan and The Rock fan growing up. Yeah. But, man, I... I just I don't think I gave the Ultimate Warrior the respect he deserved when I was growing up because he was the man. Oh, he he was awesome. He, he was so jacked too, and his promos were yeah. great. 
Um, yeah, what, so what, much energy. Oh, he brought he brought the energy every time. At the uh, at the end of our conversation, I'm gonna send you a video. Um, back in 2016, um, we had a big football game against my alma mater, um, Central Missouri. I dressed up as Ultimate Warrior for the players. It's good stuff. I'll have to send that over to you. You'll, you'll get a crack up out of it. It's pretty good. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on, um, Coach Adams. Um, if people want to get in touch with you, how do they get in touch with you? Okay. Yeah. Um, on Twitter, um, at Coach Wayne Adams. Um, on Instagram, uh, you have that. I, I sent yeah. that to you, correct? Yeah, I've got everything. Okay. So it'll all be in the show notes for everybody here. All of their their Instagram, their Twitter, and stuff like that. I can't stress it enough, guys. Go check out their Twitter. Go check out their Instagram. Their infographics, I mean, they're phenomenal. I mean, they are really top-notch infographics that can help a lot of people. And there's a lot of qu- – I, I love them. I, I read them every time you guys put them out, and I think it's a great resource for other coaches. Um, and I really appreciate you guys putting those out. I really do. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Uh, I'm sorry I don't know all my Twitter and Instagram <laughs> handles off the top of my head. No, no, um, no worries. Probably. Um, yeah, and, you know, I, I want to be able to. I want to give credit where, where credit's due. Uh, you know, uh, good artist uh, copy and great artist steal, right? And mm-hmm. uh, so we kind of stole that infographic model from Elon Sports Performance. Mm-hmm. They do such a good job. And, uh, you know, we wanted to try to get something like that out to our student-athletes. Um, so we, we kind of try to model after what they do. So, uh, you know, they've been a, a huge influence for us. I want to make sure I give credit to them because they do a great job. I love it. It's it's awesome, man. I've I listened to a podcast recently about with Buddy Morris, and he talked about him presenting to his athletes every training camp just about – why they do the things that they do and it gets the buy-in from the athletes and they start doing the, the methods that they want. And boy, a culture's made, you know, it's, it's great stuff. I, I really do love your guys' infographics and all, all the information you're getting out there. And I appreciate you guys so much for uh, all that. I know it's not hard work. Yeah. Thank you. We appreciate that. Yeah. All right, coach. Um, go and get you out of here. I appreciate you coming on. Um, it's been an honor to have you on and, uh, can't wait to have you back on in the future and kind of learn some more from you, okay? Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, one, one more thing. I yeah. uh, I sent you my email address, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, if anyone wants to reach out to me, please feel free to email me. Um, I, I do my very best to, to respond to, to everyone as quickly as possible. Um, you know, I know that's tough when you're young in the field and you send a bunch of emails to people and, you know, people don't always get back to you. So I, I really try not to be that person. So if anyone wants to reach out, please go for it. Reach out to him, coaches. It's a good guy, Coach Adams. He's a great guy. We had a great conversation before the podcast here, and we're going to have another great one once we get off air here. I appreciate you guys for listening to the Strength Talking Shop podcast, and uh, stay strong. <laughs>